This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Saturday the 30th of April. No, it's not. It's Sunday the 30th of April. These bank holiday weekends really mess with me. Sunday the 30th of April. It's quarter to eight at night. And I'm joined by Andy and Johnny. We're going to talk about Vale v Cholton. Come to you first, Johnny. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, can't grumble. Can't grumble. And we've had a bit of news with the podcast, though, haven't we? Um, our friend Kirsty. Yeah. Our friend Kirsty's popped a sprog out. She has congratulations, Kirsty and Nick. Yeah, so Kirsty will be back, uh, back running in no time, but not the running that she wants. She'll be running after a sprog. Give it, give it about eighteen months. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she will. And I know Kirsty's dad listens to this, so congratulations on becoming a granddad. Yeah. And as a surprise for Kirsty's dad, we've got his favourite host on with us, Andy. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm all right actually. Yeah, um, it's been a it's been an interesting week or two, but yeah, um, just glad that one way or another we we finally managed to get safe. I mean, it's not really the way we wanted to do it, and I'm not too keen on the idea of us celebrating MK Don's throwing away a four-one lead because we weren't going to sort safety out ourselves were we but we're there aren't we it's over over and done with we don't have to sweat on the last day of the season yeah yeah and it, Johnny you weren't very happy at full time yesterday no no I, it, 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 Andy's just summed it up it's it's stupid I hate it I hate that we are staying up thing when we've done fuck all to deserve it we beat a Bristol Rovers team on the beach and we were shy yesterday, and th- we reverted to type, and that's that's the only downside for me about it. Like the first two performances under Crosby were a bit of a breath, breath of fresh air, a free hit at Ipswich, where to be fair, losing two one looks looks as almost as good as a win after their last two results. They, they went and smashed Barnsley and. Um, don't know how much exit they decided to roll over and get their arse tickled due to the fact that Plymouth are top. But, you know, we, we, we've got to uh, not bring the question of integrity into it and say that Ipswich are that good. And they smashed an informed Barnsley who have been playing very well and have got things to play for. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm with you. I tell you what annoyed me the most yesterday. And I'm with you, Johnny. The performance overall was shy. There was one or two shining lights in it. But overall, the performance was shite. Um, 90th minute, we're 3-1 down. 
And OK, the Vale players might hear the fans thinking we are staying up and think, oh, we don't need a point. But what was that when Ojo, Benning and was it Smithy? We're just passing the ball between them at 3-1 down and with no intent to go forward, just let's run the clock down at 3-1 down. <laughs> it's quite funny. I said the same when we scored the penalty as well. Like, their keeper picked the ball up and we, we just ambled over to him and kind of put his arm out. It's just, yeah, it just... On the beach, isn't it? It was, I think, it was all but confirmed by beating Bristol Rovers last week. So I think everyone's just decided to put the feet up. And if we do that next week, we're going to get absolutely smashed. Didn't Crosby say something in his post-match that it was under orders from the dugout that we didn't want to just do a goal difference any more damage? Or I don't, I don't know what, what the thinking was, really. We had enough and we were safe and we didn't really need to put any more effort in, which is pretty much what the club's been saying since January, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has. It has. Go and put you both on the spot now. I'll start with you, Johnny. Crosby's had three games. Crosby, the next manager for you. Not, I'm not asking what you think the club will do. For you, Crosby, the next manager, yes or no, and why? And then, Andy, you've got a bit of time, because the same question to you after. No, because he's not a manager. He's been an assistant manager everywhere. He had 12 or so games last year when Clarkey was, was, was away from the game. And let's be fair, although we ground out most of them with results, some of the performances were diabolical. Colchester away, for example, doesn't seem to deviate from the 3-4-3, which is just as bad as, like, Clark not deviating from the three-five-two formation. We um, we need either a experienced manager that's worked under a director of football before, like like a Grant McCann that I've seen knocking around this few weekends' name because he's obviously worked under Barry Fry at Peterborough. Who, let's be honest, if you can work under Barry Fry, you can work under Dave Flitcroft. Um, and let's start rumours here, Johnny. When you say you've seen him knocking about, have you seen him knocking about sort of linked with the job or have you seen him knocking about in our lane oatcakes? No, he's in Mogul's having a curry. Well, I see. Yeah, he's having a What's curry. He's just been in Saggers. He, he said he'd just been in Saggers before. Had a couple, couple of pints of Moretti in there and then um, he, he, he just popped in Mogul's. He said that India Cottage is his next haunt just to try it out. And then the uh, Vale Curry House for... For, for a takeaway on on Thursday, so I should be wise but away chance since he stopped playing then. Yeah, that's, that's it. But that that that's one route I'd be taking. Or now the other route would be let's have a look at somebody that's recently retired, similar to what um Michael Carrick happened at Millsborough, for example, similar to that sort of route. Have a look at an ex pro from a top club. And that's what it'd have to be. It'd have to be a top club because you want them coming with contacts. And people might look and go, well, X player that's... Let's look at James Milner, for example. We know he's out of contract. We don't know if he's retiring, but say Milner retires. People will turn around and go, well, why will James Milner, that's been on 100 grand a week for the past 10 years, want to go into management? Well, if they want to go into management, they've got two choices. They either gamble and wait for the hometown club to sack someone and step in and hope they do a good job or they take a different route. Gerard went in at the under-23s, for example, at Liverpool, went to Rangers, did a great job, went to Villa and probably ruined his chances of ever getting 
the Liverpool job unless he goes somewhere else and is absolutely amazing. Lampard's managed to get his dream job twice and fuck it up twice. So it's it's like that. There's no there's no God given right for any of these players, and I want to stay away from the X Vale connection is where where I can. Or, well, I was going to throw a name at you then, just because as you were saying that, I was thinking, but well, you've just scuppered that well, one. Well, I'll, I'm going to contradict myself in this in slightly as well because. Mark Bridge Wilkinson's doing a fantastic job at Liverpool. That was the name I was going to throw at you. Ian Bogie's doing a great job at Castle in the under 18s, and Paul Harsley is now out of a job, but did a good job at Man City's Academy and then was assistant at Huddersfield for a little bit. So there's three ex players there that have all done good jobs in, in youth systems who will have good, good connections. And I'd, I'd prefer to stay away from them because of. The playing connection. Paul Harsley probably out of the three, because obviously Bogey's got a lot of connections with the club, with the old fan base, and they get kind of, I don't want the Aspen sort of Glover situation to occur. Bridgie, for me, he's up there with one of the best players I've seen, but I don't know if people will hold him in such a high esteem. And then Paul Harsley's probably the one you could take gamble on, because I don't really think people gave a shit either way. Like when he was a player, I know he won player of the season a couple of times, didn't he? Um, but we were diabolical at the time. So yeah. Out of them three names, I'd have to go Bridgie because Liverpool under 18, you think, well, if you can bring connections in from there, bring a couple of players with him on loan. Yeah. But, but I'm not necessarily saying that's the way I'd go, by the way. It's just them names you're thrown at me. I think yeah. Harsley has a better rep as a um, academy coach, doesn't he? He's yeah, he does. He's got a better program. I think that's also why we saw names like um, Brian Barry Murphy in the betting odds as well, because he managed Rochdale for a little bit of League One, didn't exactly cover himself in glory, got relegated, and then he left them to uh, take an academy job at Man City for a bit. So I don't know if he's still there or, or what the thinking is, but that was... I mean, they just throw any old names in the odds, don't they? They just um, find any old out-of-work manager and, and, and chuck it in. So... Um, <sighs> Yeah, your turn, Andy. Same yeah. question. Right, I, I've, I've been thinking about this. I, I wrote some notes down. Um, and the main thing I've taken away from this weekend is that I'm not as positive about Andy Crosby as I was before. And I, I think there's there's every chance he'll get the job, regardless of what we think, because I think it's more or less uh, a foregone conclusion. I think he'd have to do something really terrible uh, in probably I don't know if if Plymouth come and, and win the title and win about five or six nil then it might be a different story but um, what I do think it, it was his it was always his job to lose but for me if if Clark was a problem for the for Flitcroft for Carroll for the people who run the club if Daryl Clark was a problem then more of the same under Andy Crosby isn't going to be a solution to that problem, which is... <sighs> and at the end of the day, we've, we've won one game, and that's no cause for celebration or, or complacency, really. Um, we've won one game in his sort of extended job interview, and I, I'm, I'm not really wowed by him, really. Um, I, yesterday, we looked like a team that were just doing the same old things that we'd done for months and months, 
none of them were working, same old errors, same old things. And when we talk about the players, we'll be saying the same old things again and again that we've been saying about them all season. And we looked like a team that desperately needed fresh ideas. And all I'm getting from the idea of keeping Crosby as, as, as manager is next season we'll just get more of the same. Yeah, and I think we need to be a bit bolder, a bit more radical in what we do in the summer. And that's not just the manager, I think that's the director of football as well. Yeah, and any names from you, Andy, that you'd like? Uh, no, <laughs> I've got nothing. I, I just I just look at all the out-of-work managers, look at the betting odds, and I'll just see it like a, it's the merry-go-round, isn't it? It's the same old duffers looking for another payoff, another pay packet. So... I I honestly don't know anymore. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm waiting for the season to finish. Yeah. Do you know what, you know what I didn't realise? Well, do you know? Do you remember Gareth Taylor that played for us in 2000 on loan from Man City? Yes. yes. He's he's the Man City women's head coach at the minute. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I've only, I've, I'm just I'm just looking at ex players that are in coaching jobs at like elite academies. We had him for a month, didn't we, just after the millennium? Yeah. He played well against Birmingham, I think. I, I missed all that season because I was like, um, I think I was living in France at that time. I was doing my year abroad as a student. But oh, I remember, oui, oui. Yeah, um, all that nonsense. And from what I gather, it was around the same time we sold Anthony Gardner, replaced him with Saji Burton, and he just sort of tailed off from what I gather. He had a decent start and then looped a bit less and less arse I can't remember because I came back to the UK for a couple of games that season um, I think I saw us lose draw with QPR and lose with Bolton around the time when I just sort of finished one semester in France and I was going to Spain for the second half of the year so um, I remember thinking I think he played Martin Bullock definitely played and he yeah. was Okay, but oh God, that season was awful. You're making me, you're dredging up um, repressed sort of trauma. Well, a couple of seasons, a couple of seasons later, Phil Charnock was there, and he's he's at Liverpool as a coach. Yeah, they've got all sorts of names, haven't they? Like John Acterberg, Tranmere keeper. Yeah, I don't remember them. Ian Dunbarvin's at Liverpool as well. I remember him. Yeah, the little Accrington keeper. Yeah, yeah, he's there as well. So, bloody hell, bloody hell. Yeah, and I'm with you both. Crosby's not for me, and that's... He seems a lovely bloke, he says the right things, and, you know, I do think he will be him. The positives, if we're being positive about what he did yesterday, is at half-time he made the two subs because he thought, this isn't working, and he tried to change it. I'm not a massive fan of 3-4-3, because I think your midfield two get overrun quite a bit, and I think it happened again yesterday. Now, even against Bristol, I know Bristol were on the beach, but at times our midfield two couldn't get near their midfield three because they're just outnumbered. And I'm, when teams are playing three in the middle, I think you've got to have two exceptional centre midfielders to combat them. I think you need two workhorses. I think, sorry, I've just jumped in there. As, no, as one. One, Andy. But yeah, I think, I think you need two exceptional workhorses if you're going to play a two-man midfield because the majority of teams play a three-man midfield now. I think yeah, they do. My big issue with yesterday was after 15 minutes, I could see that we needed a third man in there. George Dobson, and just on a side note on him, he took his family all around the pitch after the game. 
he was the first one there before they said they were doing the lap of honor. So if that says goodbye, he's from this. He's, he's from up, up this way because he spent a lot of time at Walsall. If, if that says goodbye, I'd be breaking the bank for him yeah. because he was fucking amazing yesterday. Yeah. Because he probably people will say, "What do you mean?" Because they, they noticed that Raksaki and, and players like that, they're adventurous ones. But he held their midfield together, something special. And that's that's all we need for our midfield at the minute. Someone to just hold it together. Mm. Um, we don't need someone spectacular. Garrity is good enough for where we're, where we're probably aiming next season. And people don't like to hear it. And we'll discuss it a bit more when um, we do the retained pod after um, Plymouth. But... We're looking at 12th to 15th next season as as a target in my mind. Mm. So I'm not expecting us to go out and bring in a Barry Bannon. I'm expecting us to look at, okay, what can we get that's going to improve us and and bring us on? Do you know what? If you have have a flirt with the playoffs again and you finish 12th, that's great. But if we're 12th all season, I couldn't give a shit. I just hope when we're fluking, it doesn't end prematurely like Christmas time, like it did this time, and we shot us loud at that point, and then he's been terrible ever since. Yeah, like I say, next season's got to be 12th to 15th, and we've got to be looking end of March as not talking about shit, we've got five games go, mm. um, what points, and, and start working that out. I, I want to be by mid, mid to end of March gone, right, that's it, season's done, let's let's look at Festus. Um, the the young lad, do you know what I mean? Let's look at um, Sherrick maybe because let it, how it, however he develops in the next next years. Or and there, was it Show Silver, the other lad that that played a bit in the the, the cup? Let's look yes. at them in, in the league and let's let's board them. Maybe even let's board Tommy and Planty properly because as, as as good as Planty's looked in these last few weeks, I'd be wary of going going in with him as a first choice player next season because he's still very young and whilst whilst that means nothing, it's 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 always a risk. Yeah, I with plenty. Yes, you need someone else there who's probably coming in you think as your number one, but I'd have no problem with how Planty's played again yesterday in the tip switch. If he goes and they start the season with him like they did Tommy, and I know it was a necessity with Tommy and then he can keep the shit, that's up to him then. But you have you can't say Planty is the man and leave without cover. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Going back to what Johnny said, uh, going back a few minutes now, Sorry. about um, no, it's about the um, formation, the 3-4-3. Three, three. I think you've got to be an exceptionally good midfield too to play against, uh, just be overrun, but, but outnumbered by a midfield three. I think, you know, if, if you're doing a training exercise that is 3v2 in a box or whatever, the three should pretty much, if they play it right, should pa- should just sort of pass the way through the two pretty much 90% of the time. So I think it's just the numbers game, isn't it? We're just out, outnumbered. And I don't like the way the 3-4-3 seems to be the go-to. You know, if if it's maybe something specific tactically where we've seen something where we can get at a team and it, it suits us to play the front three rather than proper three five two wing backs then then by all means but it just felt yesterday that Crosby was siding more towards that as his favourite favourite formation and, and I don't like that at all. I don't like it. 
Um, I mean, the personnel don't help some of them, but I just don't really agree with it in principle. No, I'm with you. And what I would say is if Crosby gets the job, we'll all be 100% behind him and hope he does an absolutely outstanding job and, you know, we'll all support him. It's just our views at this stage and what was I going to say then? Can't remember. Nope, it's gone. Right, so, Johnny, we had a lot of people wondering why there was no midweek pod. We haven't fallen out. The pod isn't ending. We just both decided to get a life at the same week, so none of us were free. Yeah, people were asking, and then also we were getting the uh, Billy Big Bollocks thrown at us, won an award, and had a week off, is what what (laughs) said to me. Oh, I never got that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got that one. Won an award, have we? Having a week off, so yeah. Um, Is that me on the group chat? (laughs) But... Uh, no, someone else, someone else did say it's in jest. Um, but yeah, yeah it, we, we decided to get a life, didn't we? Yeah, and we both did it on the same week. So we were both yeah. busy Wednesday, Thursday, and then decided well, it was pointless recording Friday because we know not as many listeners if we record on Friday. Yeah, no, that's it. And it's, it's, it's one of them. It is what it is, as J-Mo would say. It is. Right, and it was great to meet a few of you yesterday because I don't think I've ever been away game and met so many people that come talk to me. So, that was really good. Thank you very much. Let's get on to yesterday. Finished Charlton 3, Vale 2. Charlton took the lead after 14 minutes through Tyrese Campbell. No, not that one. Then went 2-0 up through Raksaki. Then the Vale pulled one back through James Plant. Charlton made it 3-1 through Miles Leeburn, and then Matty Taylor scored a 97th minute penalty to make it 3-2. The stats, Vale had 54% possession to Charlton's 47, and yes, I'm aware that's probably rounding out as wide as 101% there. Total shots, Charlton had 10 to Vale's 12. On target, Charlton had 4 to Vale's 4. So when you look at the stats, the stats are probably saying Vale were the better side. They had more possession, more shots, and at the target the same, but I think it's fair to say that's not what we saw, Johnny. Yeah, do you know, I was asked about that as well um, yesterday. I was like, from the stats, it doesn't look like it was a bad game. And do you know what? The first 45 minutes was horrendous. Mm. I thought, oh, we very much reverted to type. It it, it looked like it was going to be a long day. We we just defended so sh- shoddily at times. And... Do you know, like the first, the, the goal we conceded, the first one, I can forgive. Jeremy, you know I mean? like, it, it, it's a mistake. Shit happens. But it was a couple of things that led up to it as well that, that frustrated me. And then second or 15 minutes, we looked like we'd had a rocket and I was like, oh, okay, fair, fair dues. And then we, we just reverted to time, conceded that second and heads went down a little bit after we scored, which was weird. It seems like we, because we, we almost instantly replied and then heads seemed to drop and go, right, we've, we've shown a bit of something. Now, now let's move on. What I do want to say is for anyone that was there, the stewards at Charlton Athletic are the most pathetic bunch of wankers I have ever seen. Like, as soon as we walked in, there was a guy being pushed by a steward and the steward calling, call, like, swearing at him and then a little ball gnome pushing everyone threatening kick people out left right and center someone started recording and he threatened to kick someone out for recording he says you're not allowed to record in here and then just after they scored 
another steward was, was squared up to a Vale fan, called him a fucking mug, and then back down when a couple of other Vale fans started kicking off, got his steward mates, and then was like, I didn't swear at him, I didn't, I didn't. And I heard it, and I was like, you called him a fucking mug, just admit it. And he was like, well, I did, and what are you going to do about it? And it's like, you don't need that sort of thing. It's like, the steward should be there to just make th- make sure things are going well. And if something's happened, something's happened, fine, but go and deal with it properly. Don't start pushing and shoving. They're just glorified glorified thugs and it just irritates me because I said to the chief steward that was there the guy that's holding a fucking mug send him up the other end this ends like it ends and it's just conflict management and they've not got proper training they're all guys that just want to scrap and it, it was just so frustrating and then we we scored just as it was going on and he got a pint thrown at him and it was just someone's got too much money to waste obviously throwing seven quid but it was just so pathetic how they just could they, they just seemed like they wanted something to happen because there was there was a good away following and it's just it just irritates me yeah the old shooting was way over the top i mean i think there were six police horses outside the away end when we got there which is ridiculous and as i went in they were taking a flag off of Ailfa. wouldn't let him yeah. take his flag in although there was what they had shitloads of them yeah but wouldn't let the veil fan take his flag and took it off him I can't go on with that. Or... It said right. Paul There was Did nothing that... offensive on it. There's nothing uh-huh. offensive at all. They just took it off and just can't take that. And got heavy handy with that. And then they kept all the coaches back. Basically, some all the Charlton fans had stayed, clapped the team doing the lap of honour and then gone. So the coaches didn't leave Charlton until nearly six o'clock. Yeah. No, it was absolutely pathetic. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. It was pathetic. But, Andy, you watched it at home. Yeah, sort of. Um, I, I, was, I was sort of watching it on and off, you know. It was, it was on in the background. Um, Sainsbury's came and, and uh, did a delivery. Um, various other bits and bobs um, disturbed me as well. But I, I mainly watched most of the game. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, and let's go through. So, Johnny, before the game, you said three four three. Props has got a big job today. It'll be interesting to see how the two wider players play off him if he drifts wide. Four across midfields are our best fit, so can't moan, as with the back three. Yeah, and, and by, by, by that was that the, the, the four that are playing there are the best four for them positions who are fit. And that's if he's playing that formation. I wouldn't have gone with that formation. I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I don't think it suits us, and don't I don't get the insistence on us sticking with with, with it. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was just frustrating. It was really frustrating. It was, and that performance was that bad. I'm not doing another away game this year. They can sod it. <laughs> yeah. On that, I know I, I try, but. Dick, Dicko, I went on Dicko's coach. He's been organising the coaches all year, so thank you very much, Dicko. You've got over the season thousands of Ale fans to away games because you think of all the coaches we had going Derby, places like that. All the coaches we've had two, three, four, five, six coaches going. So over the season, thousands of Ale fans got there thanks to Dicko. So massive thank you to Dicko for organising the coaches, and I'm sure Jamo and Matt said the same to you for driving, Johnny. He did actually. I need to check my uh, bank. Jamie said he was going to send me a tip. 
Oh, for the sneezer, so. Oh. Let me check my banking up now, see if he actually sent it me or not. Well, there we go, Jamie's just putting a little tip in Johnny for the season. Um, let's c- send it me, selfish bastard. We'll, wow. We'll words. Wow. Always promising that, Jamo, never delivering. <laughs> that's what Safe says. Well, that's, that's, there we go. Um, <laughs> carry on, Johnny. Uh, Mark for the manager and the coaching staff on yesterday. It's a four for me. I just think if you're going with that formation, fine. I don't mind you going with a formation if if you believe that's right. It worked at Ipswich to a degree. It worked against Bristol Rovers to a degree. Um, and so I, I get it, but personnel has to be right. Jamie Brox is not the right man to lead a front three. He's he's not he's not fit enough, and that's not that's not just due injuries. That's that's due to match fitness. That's due to the fact that he's he he, he hasn't played much football at all. He has he, he doesn't seem to stay central, so doesn't doesn't offer that. Butterworth for sixty minutes may as well have not been on the pitch. Matty reverted to type. We had we had. We've had two good games out of him, and yeah, it was it was back to normal. So that was difficult. Was as was. It's, it's, so I just like to say, I, 15 minutes, I saw we were crying out for a centre midfielder. We've got Conlon on the bench. We've got McDermott on the bench. So there's no excuse not to do it. And if he didn't want to change personnel and make a sub so early as to not to destroy someone's confidence, we could have always put Butterworth in the hole and put Massey next to Proctor and gone, done it that way. So it, it didn't necessarily need to be a change of personnel, although it would have been for me. Um, it would have been two changes because I would have I would have got Matty Taylor on because that's another mystery of what he he seems to have done for to Crosby. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just frustrating and and some some. Some stuff that happened, like the formation was cockeyed in the second half because it seemed like we were playing Smith and Donnelly centre half, Benning left back, was left wing, and then Planty on the right hand side on his own, for example. Like stuff just didn't make sense. It didn't look fluid, and it was just it was a hard watch, um, made harder by the fact that the Barnsley result was was what it was at the time. I'm glad you said that because I was looking at how we were. When I saw the half-time subs, I thought, "Well, who's in the back three now?" And I was trying to work it out, and I couldn't. And I thought maybe I'm just missing something because I'm watching on the telly. And I'm I'm glad you said that you thought exactly the same. It did feel very. Um, I'm trying to find a synonym for cockeyed or whatever it was he called it. Yeah, just just all over the shot, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it's come back to me what I was going to say earlier now, and it fits in here while you're talking about the coaching staff, etc. And it's while we're on about Crosby. If it is that the club are giving Crosby the job, do it this week. Get it done before the season's finished. And then as fans, we know that you're planning properly for next season with the manager in place and the managers having an input. I know it's not all I'd say, but he's having an input into everything. So if Crosby is getting the job, do it this week before the season's finished. And we know what's happening. If it's not going to be Crosby, 
I hope the search really has started because I know the club said they weren't going to even start till the end of the season because we need a manager in. We've moaned that recruitment has taken ages because we've had a short window, etc. I know we will still recruit without a manager, but surely whoever is managing the players next year needs an input into that. Yeah, they do. I think you've seen other clubs higher up the pyramids that when players are brought for you and you've got to try and make that work, it it, it doesn't it doesn't always come off. A manager has got to has got to know that that player that's been brought in fits fits his bill. For example, I'll go back to Grant McCann because I like the idea of him. He plays four three three. So there'd be no point in assigning a right wing back because that's not going to work. Um, so we, we've got we've got to take them sort of things into consideration. Um, if you're looking for a manager that's going to play three at the back and then some some variation of whatever in front, then you narrow your pool, don't you, straight away? And we get that three at the back sexy at the minute, and some some bigger teams are playing it and stuff like that, but. The next thing's going to be this inverted fullback, isn't it? Look at Man City are doing it now with John Stones playing him right back, but actually centre mid, and now Trent Alexander Arnold started doing it. So that's that's going to be the next thing that everyone's going to try and recreate. And it's just, I just, I just, I just think like Stu mentioned before, let's get a philosophy out there. Let's get a, we are an X team. I don't mind if it's counter attacking. I don't mind if it's possession based. Don't even mind if it's long ball for for the time being. Let's just get a let's just get a like philosophy in there and let's work on it and build on it because you can change and adapt any philosophy as time goes by by getting better players in. What we can't run the risk of is going in without a plan and hoping that the players that we bring in are going to be good enough. And they might be, but we, we've seen we've seen already this season that some stepped up for six months while while maybe the the, the wave was was riding from the promotion and then it drops off a cliff very quickly. I don't think you're going to get that lucky two years in a row. No, I'm with you, Andy. Anything to add on that? Um, well, it's it's going to be a conversation for a Thursday night, I think. It, it, but um, that's my line. I know this is what I'm trying to. It, it's it's basically when someone pipes up with a, a with a something in a meeting and it's like a can of worms. You say, "Oh, can we take that offline?" It, <laughs> Thursday night is the new version of that, really. Um, corporate sort of bullshit bingo. But what I wanted to say was, I, I've got misgivings about playing a, a three going forward because, I, particularly, you look at. The younger players um, we've got, and we'll get onto it with with players like Forrester and Donnelly. It's it isn't doing them any good. I, th- I think it it makes it it makes the job a lot harder playing in a three than it would maybe say playing in a four. And I think we, we're all well and good doing it at League Two, but the step up now it's getting to the point where any little thing that happens um, wrong, any any little mistakes are getting punished. And it creates all these different channels between the wing backs and the wide full back, uh, the wide centre backs that people are exploiting. You look at Lincoln the other week, they just played a little blind ball round the corner in the channel and we conceded from it. And if you are going to play three at the back, you need 
round pegs and round holes to do it in, in wing back and in your centre backs and we've either got inexperienced players or we've got square pegs and that's killing us at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you. Right, let's move on to the players and we'll take that to a Thursday night, Andy. Cheers. Johnny in goal number one, Aiden Stone. Yeah, six for Stoney. I don't think he could have done anything with any of the the goals we conceded. Um, what I did really like about him, and I don't know if this come across on TV the same, but they had two six foot four giants at centre half. So when he was on when he was on goal kicks and kicks, instead of just smashing it towards Proctor there, he was clipping it just in between the centre halves and the centre midfielders, giving Proctor a chance to come and drop and fight with one of them rather than the centre-halves or bring the centre-half out to get the space. I really liked that. I thought it was really clever. Now, whether that's him, Nash or, or Crosby, we'll never know, but Stoney's executed it, so I think that's really well done. And overall, did a steady job, conceded three goals granted, but all three you could attribute defensive error to. Yeah, I'm with you. He was definitely defence for the goals I'm lay no blame at Stone for any of the three goals I think the defending was dog shit and there's your first one for your bingo there will be one later when we talk about a certain winger Andy um, which one I wonder um, I, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of bingo tonight because a lot of things that I'm going to say about players are things that I've said pretty much every time I come on uh, Stone not at fault for any of the goals um, yeah you can't really hold him to blame And the first one goes through someone's legs and you know he's unsighted it just it's just a bit frustrating really that it feels like nearly every shot on target we concede is a goal and I don't know how we get away from that. No, but, I, I'm with you and I feel for Stoney on that because everyone keeps going, oh, look at the shots percentage that goes in, blah, blah, blah. Give me the three chances Charlton scored yesterday and I'm putting three in. I don't know about that. You know, that Raksaki did really well. Are you, are you saying that, like, if he does all the running and you're just stood in the place? Yeah, I'm basically stood to kick the ball at goal. Right, OK. I, okay. I'm taking I've the shots. I've seen you kick it at goal, so, yeah, you, you're not scoring. But then. <laughs> if Mal Banning runs around the wrong side and, and lets me in goal side to just run at the goal and, and pick my spot, then there's a fair chance even I'm scoring that. Fucking hell, let's be honest, the Titanic team quicker than that. That's to let the fucking ice big. Christ. But we'll get on to that when we get to Mal Benning. But yeah, I'm with you on Stoney. I thought nothing wrong with his performance yesterday. Let down massively, massively by the defensive players in front of him. Andy, coming to you next. Right to the back three. Only managed 45 minutes yesterday. Mr Forrester. Yeah, summed up his season, didn't it? Um, he's not a bad player at all. Um, he was at a pretty tough job really because um, Campbell he, he looks a decent player for them they were trying to get the ball out to him at every opportunity early doors really just trying to ping one over to their left winger and it felt like he had space two or three times just to run and attack him um, yeah like I say story of the season because even when he plays well he <laughs> when he can when he makes an error we normally end up conceding a goal from it. And I know Crosby in his post-match interview said something like, um, I can't remember exactly his exact words, but he's like, 
you know, players need to cut that sort of thing out. They need to learn very quickly. And it felt as though he was one of the players it was aimed at. Other than that, um, he seemed to just sort of join in and, and, and when, you know, we, we enjoyed a lot of sort of not really penetrative possession, but when we were just having the ball inside their half, he seemed to look quite comfortable in possession. It's just, it's just the goals we can see. He's, he seems like a really sound lad. He, he, he's a decent player. He's been one of the better players this season, but we just can't afford to con- concede from the errors he, he makes. And he feels like his his mistakes are getting punished really badly. Johnny, yeah, um, I think what what I noticed was that they use that gap between him and Warrell quite a lot for the first fifteen twenty minutes. Um, but I don't think it was helped by the fact that they that they they played a left back and a left winger and a centre mid came out as well. So so they they had three players that were doing the job where we had the two. I think he defended all right up until the goal. It was it was a poor header out. He knows it and I don't think he recovered quick enough. I know that he, he, he threw himself at it and did everything he can, but you would have liked as soon as he landed to go and engage. But the lad was quick, good good first touch and rifled it in, didn't he? So yeah, that 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 was annoying. Uh but a five for Forrester. Um just ba- base, basically on the fact that he played half and made a mistake. Um but yeah, it it, it does like it, it's hard at the minute. Because I think the, the the whole team needs needs a refresh, um, and players like Forrester will benefit from having a more natural wing back next to him. That's not a dig at Warrell because Warrell's been fantastic this season. It's just that he's thirty two, uh, so we've got to be we've got to be considerate at that. And um, he, he showed yesterday that he was still one of our best players. Warrell did, but. He needs that proper wing back and that linchpin in midfield that when when you need an outlet, he's there and we just we don't have that with the two there. So yeah, it was just it's just frustrating. Yeah, I'm with you now. I can see Forrester's thought process with the header for the goal. He's thinking, Well, I don't want to edit in the danger and I'll edit out wide and obviously hasn't really got a clue of his surroundings at that point. He's just thinking get it out wide, not realising he's gonna edit straight to their lad. So I understand what he was trying to do, but it was really, really poor for him. I mean, I love Will Forrester. Everyone knows that listeners. I love Forrester. And I thought he was having a good game up to that point. And as you said, Johnny's head just seemed to go after that. And he, he couldn't do anything right after that for me. He struggled a bit after that. And I think his head had gone, which I think is why he went off. I think I think he was trying too hard after that. I don't think it yeah. was necessarily heads gone. I think he was just trying too hard. Yeah, he knew, didn't he? And I'm with you, you can't give him any more than a five because it's cost us the opening goal. And at that point, let's be honest, Charlton didn't really look like scoring. Mm. We weren't playing well by any stretch, but they hadn't really created anything where you thought, God, we were lucky there. Mm, I don't know about that. I can't think of any other option. Let's be honest, they had four shots on target, three went in, so when was the other one? Yeah, well, I, I, I just think it was the fact that they, they danced down our left-hand side three or four times. Like, because even the goal that we conceded from Forrest's weak header, if you, if you watch it back, their right winger was left-footed, and Donnelly went, cut inside, mate. 
go for it. Rule 101 of uh, football is identify the person that you're up against from the foot and show them the other way. Like, yeah, it's just... Yeah. I, I, I think stuff like that frustrates us. And I say it every week. We, we allow a, a, every team, regardless of if you're good or not, a clear-cut chance every single game. And we allowed Charlton too. Yeah, no, we did. We did. Um, medal of the three, Johnny, was smudgy. Six for smudge. I think he dealt with um, Levin really well. Another 19-year-old, but he's Charlton's own 19-year-old. Um, he was a big bugger, wasn't he? Yes. For, for 19. So... Um, yeah, he dealt with him well. He, he had the sort of the, the fight and desire that you'd expect him to have. Um, he, he did all right when when we changed formation. The one thing that he didn't do well in the first half was he drifted into midfield, um, took a throw in, tripped over almost, and they broke on us and nearly scored. Um, that's that's Smithy's weak spot. Um, but I also don't think. He'd need to do that if we if if we had the extra man in midfield as well, um, and I kind of I think this game especially is going to keep harping onto that just because of how overrun run we were. But yeah, overall Smithy is a sound winter. He's happy, happy there is he's signed on for the next two years, um, with 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 the with targets in mind that that I've got for the club for for that two years. Um, and yeah, you can't argue if he plays like that, can you? No, and I was just about to say, Andy Smithy that signed for another two years. Yeah, it's good. I mean, either way, we needed um, to know if he was staying or if he was going, and now we can build the, the defence around him, really. So it gives us a bit of um, bit of certainty. And yeah, what we do need to do is... Yeah, Surround him with with the right players. We probably need a bit more height. Probably need a bit more um, someone a bit more aggressive around him to just just complement his strengths. Really, uh, the, but in terms of the game, I mean, it was pretty much standard Smithy, um, Mister Consistency, standard six out of ten performances he does week in week out, and you can't really say much more than that. Um, the player who's marking Leeburn. I remember his dad used to play for Charlton in the 90s and um, he's very similar build. He's got them sort of very long legs, very sort of tall, decent in the air, centre forward. I remember him scoring against us when um, it was one year when Charlton were ground sharing with West Ham and I think it might have been the last time he ever played at Upton Park and he scored against us in a 2-0 defeat that season. So, uh, yeah, um, Stander Smithy really, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't argue with Standard Smithy. Just it feels like whenever, whatever he does, there's there's not really much else you can say about him. He's just sort of that that's his default for, for performance, isn't it? It's like what he does week in week out, and it's hard to really find anything different to say about. You feel like you're repeating yourself every time you come on. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think, I think that's that, that's the case with a couple of our our players as well. They've got very default go to sort of like playing styles, and that's good. That's good that, that we that we've got a couple like that. But 
we do need to surround them with with a spark of some sort. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, everyone I'm going to talk about today, uh, I've probably said things that I've said before. I'm going to say things that I've said before already this season. I don't think anybody surprised me yesterday. In everyone played to type. Yeah, that's fair. And playing to type, Andy left at the back three was Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah. Um, Raw and experienced, um, struggled a little bit, struggled with the physical side of the game. <sighs> it's hard to knock him really. He's, he's come in and he's, he's, he's done his best. He's, should he have been thrown in as, as much as he had? Were we expecting him to, you know, I'm sure we, we were expecting Jones to, to be fit most of the second half of the season and thought, He's going to be mainly used as cover, but he's had to play the best part of, what, 15, 20 games, and it's been hard for him. Um, I don't want to knock the lad, but it's just, it's just been hard, and it's a situation he probably didn't need to, to be put into by, by the way the club's dealt with the January transfer window. So, um, what what else can you say really? You know, he's, he's it was it was Aaron Donnelly. Yeah, and I'm sure this six month loan spell. I know it's not quite six months, but you know what I mean. We always call him six months. Six months loan spell will stand him in good stead for the rest of his career because he'll he'll alone to hell of a lot for his time at Vale, Johnny. Yeah, he will have. Um, I think he, he will have learned a lot more about professional football in these four months. There has been here than it than he probably will have done in the whole time there he's been at Forest in terms of what what you actually get punished for the slightest mistakes, the fact that you've got seasoned pros knocking around mixed in with some raw talented players, you've got players that'll kick you, stamp stand on your feet and stuff like that, and then you've got players like Levin at, at the fact of at nineteen playing against you and him being sensible enough to identify, well, actually, we, we, we've we've identified a weakness and we're going to run with it. You've got that Raksaki that's there and he's on loan from Charles at Crystal Palace, sorry. And, and you've got Tyrese Campbell on the other side. All three of them scored a goal yesterday and it just shows what what a good front three brings to you. And they were a good front three. Um, so with Donnelly, like I already touched on, he got turned inside out for the first goal. He didn't help Mal Benning out, and I hope he's tweeted about it today um, as well, saying that whilst Benning was shy for the um, for Raksaki's goal, you watch Aaron Donnelly's positioning, and he he just drops into position rather than going help his mate out. I get the dropping into position if you've got a man and you're following him because. If you leave your man, there's a simple pass and usually results in a goal and you're going to get hammered either way. But he didn't have one. Go out and help your mate out. And it's just a lot of naivety. It's a lot of lack of experience and also lack of lack of experience around him. Smith has played a hell of a lot of games, but both sides of Smith haven't. And then Benning's never played at this level. You've got 
Pet and Funzo in the middle doing the job of three men. So not being able to help out as well. So there's just a uh, there's a lack of lack of help across the whole team. And it was a four for Donnelly. I just thought. It was another one of them games where he was launching the balls down the line again towards Butterworth's head for the first 15 or 20 minutes. And he's going to have learned a lot. But he needs probably six months at League Two next season playing in his position because I don't believe he's a centre half. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I do think Aaron Donnelly will go on to have a good career. I yeah. think he'll certainly go on to be at least a League One footballer in time. But he's got a lot to learn yet. And, you know, this, as you say, this fellow will done him no harm at all. They always say you learn a lot more went from a struggling side than a side that's winning every week. And yeah. we don't lose, we learn. Aaron Donnelly will be learning a hell of a lot because we've done a lot of learning since he's come into the club. Johnny, right in the midfield, was he? Yeah, a seven for was, I think. I thought he was my man of the match. I thought first half he worked hard and was was trying um, to make something happen. I think second half when he went over to the left, again, looked fantastic out there. Um, He he looked better when he was further forward, obviously. Um, Delivers into the box, brilliant balls, doesn't he? And yeah, I thought he was he was he was good and. It'd be obviously admit of us not to talk about it because we didn't have the the Thursday Thursday preview in terms of it sounds like he's not been offered a deal. It's yeah, he he, he wasn't playing like a guy that didn't want one, and that's what you've got to say. Do you know what I mean? Like we we've we've heard it we we we've heard it thrown at some players that they have been playing like they know that they're out of contract and leaving the club. Worrell didn't do that. And whether that's just personality or whether he really wants to stay there, it's it's obviously for not for us to, to, to guess, is it? But I I just think that he was he was really good yesterday and was was a bright spark and a very very dull day on the pitch for a glorious one off it. Yeah, and this is a plea to the club. If Dave Waddle is going and you know that Dave Waddle is going, that's your choice. I don't think fans will be happy with it by any stretch, but it's your choice. Or it's Waddle's choice, one or the other, I don't care. But if he is going and you know he's going, please, please, please let the fans know that Saturday will be, Sunday even, will be his last game in the Vale Sheet. Because after six years' service at the club, if it's going to be his last game, the fans deserve the opportunity to thank him. And he deserves the opportunity to thank the fans. So if you know he's going, please, please, please let the fans know that Dave Warrell is making his last appearance in a Vale shirt before Sunday. Because I think we all deserve that. I do think that's hard, though, because we we, we saw with Smith, he didn't, we? do you know what I mean? That we had Carroll on, Smith looked like he was a goner and then goes and signs a contract. I think he's different, and I'll tell you why. Because I think with Smithy, we were always trying to keep him with the thought that he was going to go. What I'm saying is if between the club and Waddle, they have made the decision that Waddle is going, tell the fans. If it is a case of the club are going to offer him something and then it's up to the club and Dave to talk, fine. I've 
you can't let us know that because it's up to them to talk. But what I'm saying is if the decision has been made that Dave Waddle is leaving the club and we either aren't offering him anything or we've come to the agreement with him to let him go and get a two-year contract somewhere, let the fans know. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas with Smithy, it was never a case of the club going, right, Nathan, it's time for you to move on, or Nathan going, I'm going. It's a case of, well, you've offered me this, let me see what's out there. I, I, I get that, and I think, I think the hard part is that we're, ne- we're never going to get in that position because the last thing we want to say is, oh, Worrell's going. And then we find out three weeks later, oh, actually, we're going to have to keep him. And while Fail fans would be ecstatic with that, it, it just doesn't it doesn't look good on the recruitment side of it. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think we're going to know. And, and my advice would be to treat treat the game as a last game for everybody that you see out, out there and be pleasantly surprised about the ones that stay or pleasantly disgusted in some that we, that may have a contract already. Well, we'll come on to that. Andy, Dave Waddle. Sorry, just pleasantly disgusted with <laughs> just sort of um, made me smile a little bit. Um, I think there'd be a lot of reading between the lines with David Worrell, like on Sunday, how he walks off the pitch at the end of the game or if he gets subbed or whatever, you know, how he claps the fans. Everybody will be looking at that and saying, is that his goodbye or, or what? Is he just clapping the fans because it's the end of the season? We won't know, will we? Unless somebody comes out and says something. Reading between the lines of what he said in his interview on Friday or whenever it was, and also because the club has been offering terms to likes of Nathan Smith and, and James Plant, it sounds as though contract offers, formal contract offers, have been made to the players that the club wants to keep. And Worrell says he hasn't been offered one, so possibly. That explains the mood in the camp at the moment. Um, as for yesterday, I didn't notice Dave Worrell on the telly as much as maybe Johnny did. Um, he seemed to have one of his usual industrious sort of games, maybe a little bit quieter than usual for me, but that's the, probably the telly. And also, I didn't really notice him a great deal second half, but maybe that's because I was starting to get distracted by other things going on. At the time, but what a fantastic servant! And if if this is the end, then um, cheers, Dave. Um, what a player! Yeah, and Andy, if you tell he's a bit quiet, there's a volume button for that. Um, if was it is going on Sunday, as the kids would say, I will be totes emotion. Because he has been one hell of a servant to this club. He's never put anything less than 100%. And then I did what you were talking about there, Andy, and looked at him at full time yesterday to see how he looked. Looked a bit, a bit, to me, he looked a little bit lost. And looked a little bit like he was taking him the last time he'd see Super Vale away. But I could be reading something into nothing. Johnny, did you have a look? I think if you're going down that route, you could look at Aidan Stone looks like he's going, seeing as he went and gave his top away, and Colin might, might be going because he went and gave his armband away, do you know what I mean? It's like, I think you can read too much into it. If you notice at the end of the game, there was four or five players that were down by the tunnel straight away, um, but there were six or seven that hung around with the coaching staff and were just looking at the away end. 
Now, whether that's six or seven that have been told that they've got a future year, or whether that's six or seven that that's the last time they're going to see Eaton, that was their way of saying bye. I don't think we'll ever know. I'll be honest, I didn't make... Well, we will. We'll know in about three weeks. Well, we won't, because I'm not going back to the Charlton one to look at who who them players were to go, oh, actually, yeah, they, they were doing that. So, yeah... I think because we've heard from Worrell, I think that will always sway your decision to whatever he's doing was was because of that sort of thing. Sunday will say a lot. If he starts and gets subbed off, and he gets subbed off in front of the paddock and walks across the pitch as slow as physically possible when we're 4-0 down, um, you know that it's a goodbye. And I think that's... I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? Now we're we're going to look into it and see see what happens. And Worrell is is the only player for me that deserves deserves that send off. Um, because Smith is staying, um, and he's 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 obviously the the next longest serving player in, in Worrell, and we believe Conlon's under contract for another twelve months, so. Um, Warrell's the only one that I'd be expecting that goodbye to. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. We don't know. He may be here next season, and let's hope he is. Moving on, it is you next, Andy. And you got Funza. Oh, we're doing Funza. I thought we'd go for the win. I oh, know it's three for three, isn't it? Three for um, three. Right. Um, I was. <laughs> he was nice and tidy. I, I like the look of it. He was doing, you know. He's in a two, so he's outnumbered. He's got a lot of hard work to do. I quite like... He, he was doing... There's one particularly good interception that I remember on, on the telly watching that he just seemed like... He, he knows how to read the game. He knows... Um, he's, he's, he's a higher level of footballer than, than a lot of players we've got in the squad. He's just... What... And, and this isn't really a criticism of yesterday, it's just a general observation. There are times when I like to see him just take the game by the scruff of the neck a bit more. He's... <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know really know how to express it. It just seems like he he sort of... He's nice and tidy and he'll do his job, but... I, I, think he, I think he can give a little bit more at times, particularly when we've played against a struggling side. I don't think he's really shone. Um... As for yesterday, he was, yeah, he was nice and tidy. He was effective, and that's about as much as I can really say about him. Johnny, yeah, I think like I think I think nice and tidy is 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 probably the right thing to say. Um, it was a six for me. It was all right. He was overrun. Um, I don't think he is the grab it by the scruff of the next sort of player. Um, from what he said, and I know we all we've all seen this season that he's a bit better than the sort of tackler and then pass it on. But I also don't think he's got it totally in his locker to be anything other than that sort of hinge in your midfield. You, you bring in a proper anchor man, you put Funzo next to him, and then you put someone like Ben Garrity that's going to run and do the dog work next to him, and, you, and you're looking all right. Um, but in the in the two they were just they were just a bit overrun and he just it wasn't it wasn't a fun watch really, but you can't lay all the blame on them. No, 
and I'm with you both. Nice and tidy. Seemed to sum up Funzo yesterday quite well. I'm moving on to Carpet Man. If you want your carpets laid nice and tidy, give Home Tunes Carpet a call. Give Tom probably a bell. Not, probably not today or tomorrow. It's bank holiday. Yeah, probably not today or tomorrow. Uh, but Tuesday, give him a call. Tell him Bessie sent you. And he'll lay you a carpet nice and tidy. <laughs> Johnny, Carpet Man, Tom Pet. Yeah, um, similarly to what what I've just said about Funzo, um, very overrun in that midfield. It was it wasn't it wasn't pretty to watch. Um, I think he gave the ball away a few times when trying trying that killer ball because I think he he he, he took on himself as captain to to try that sort of side of it. Um, what I will say is that you you never get no, nothing less than 100% from Tom Pett. And again, you can't be overly critical. So, yeah, it, it's what we've come to expect. We we don't get many fours from him. We don't get many sevens from him, do you? So, steady, steady six. And who knows what the future holds, holds for Tom Pett. Andy, do you know what the future holds for Tom Pett? I've absolutely no idea. I assume he's out of contract because I assume he got given a two-year contract. I don't think we would have given him a three-year contract. And I don't think he would have signed an extension at any point in the last year or so. So, um, yeah, John, Johnny's right. He's very similar to, to Ojo, really. The two, you know, they, they very efficiently go about the job. You know, the, the Pet's always been a player that um, just likes to keep the ball moving, likes to get the ball, receive the ball, or, or just do little things. Just, just He's one of those players who, if you don't notice him, then he's having a good game, really. And um, yesterday, I think the issue wasn't necessarily his performance or even Ojo's performance. It's just... It's just the numbers game in, in the middle of the park, isn't it? If you're, if you're out, if you're overrun, then then what can you do? Um, I, I'd like to see him stay. I know I'm probably spoiling the retained list podcast, but I'd, I would. I, I still think he could probably do a, a job, and I'm not necessarily convinced that. Probably consider. I, I don't know how much he's on. I only can only speculate, but I don't know if we'll get better for the same money. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see, we'll see, won't we? We'll see how, how things pan out. Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, I'm with you both on Pat yesterday. Didn't really notice that much of him, so you've got to say he did a decent job because you didn't really see much of him. And as you say, there's performances from Tom Pat that you know he's done a decent job if you don't see him. Moving on, Andy, left wing back. We've already said on yesterday's performance, he got the turning circle of the Titanic. How did it go down with you, Mal Benny? I couldn't quite believe what I was watching and I, I know it's probably a bit unfair to just sort of um, focus on on the um, on the second goal but I just can't get it out of my head what he was doing where he was going he was trying to go round I don't know if he's trying to nip in front from the wrong side but he shows Raksaki inside and just just shows him a route to goal I, I just I, I may, maybe I'm I don't know, it just seemed absolutely ridiculous to me. But it's there's 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 good and bad in, in every sort of Mal Benning performance and he in in the first couple of minutes or so he he managed to get past his man, win a free kick and get their man on a yellow. And but then 
it it just seems to just not really have it in him to to deal with situations like that. I mean, no, Raksak is a good player. He was decent in the home game earlier in the season. Um, you, you don't you don't show him inside like that, and I just can't get past that really. Um, Benning, I mean, I'd still rather have him at left wing back than than Sammy, but I wasn't really, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm with you for the goal as well. He, to me, it was horrendous. But as we've already said, Luke Stoney bollocks. He wasn't bollocking Benning. He was bollocking Donnelly. But I still can't forgive Mal Benning either for for that goal. And I think Mal will get on to Mal on Thursday or the retain list. Johnny Mal. Yeah, it was it was another it was another bad day. Um, we know it's the opposite of Pet, isn't it? You yeah. say with Pet, you always get a six. With Benning, you never get a six. You know that you're right. With Benning, it's a four or a seven, and that's that's again. It was a four. It was just. What what the irritating thing what, with, with him is that his arms move quicker than his legs. I don't know if you notice when he runs, he runs really upright and his arms are intense as he does. And you look at his legs and he looks like he's jogging. And he was just so frustrating. And and then what, the, the the three up front for, for Charlton were very good. So let's not but let, let's not pretend that they weren't that they aren't good players. Um, but. To be turned inside out for that second goal was unforgivable. And the the first one where he, he kind of moves Donnelly out of the way by pointing and just causes that cutting in. And it's just the couple of times that he tried to take control of a situation and just didn't. It's just, it's just really irritating um, is what it was. And I'm... I'm not totally against Mal. I think he's been shit on from a great height this season. I also think he was shit on from a great height last season as well. Um, granted, when he first started, he, he looked bulky and didn't look like the right sort of player and was not nowhere near the player that Mansfield were, were telling us about. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I think... I think it's just hard for him to get his head in the game. And that could because of Donnelly and, and whatnot and the fact that Butworth didn't help and the midfield were overran and he, they were being doubled up on at times. I think it's a combination of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with Where you. was he playing second half? Left centre-half slash left back slash yeah. wing back. Yeah. I mean, it didn't wasn't really coming across well, but I, I was interested to see I'd be interested to know the opinion of someone who was behind the goals or watching more of a that side of it because it couldn't really I couldn't really work out because it felt like Smith and Donnelly were centre but more right of centre and there was a massive gap to to Benning. It, it was it was odd. I think he was meant to be left of the back three. He was meant to be left centre back and that's what position he was meant to be playing. Otherwise, you're playing two centre-backs with a left-back and no right-back. So it must have been left of the back three. And I'm not saying it was easy to work that out, but it must have been. That's my view anyway. Moving on, Johnny, you're next. 
right of the front three, supposedly a footballer. People, I don't know if they're ribbing me or just trying to wind me up, but people are saying he might have been given a two-year contract. And if he was, that's fucking criminal. Gavin Massey. Yeah. Um, yeah. People are, yeah. People are saying that. and yeah, um... That's criminal. If he's got a two-year contract, that is criminal. Yeah, it's frustrating because he's had two really good games. Like I say, really good. Oh, they really, really good. No, they weren't. They were he's really had... good by the standard he set himself. Yeah, he's he's best when he gets the ball, knocks it past his man, and runs. But he just doesn't do it enough. Like, it's... yeah, he. he, he... He was anonymous for most of the game. I'll be honest. Did he play 90 minutes? Yeah, full 90. Well, yeah. he was on the pitch for the full 90. I aren't going to label it as played, but he was on the pitch. Mm, yeah. There's, there's not a lot to say about him. He... Can you remember in the first half, where I think Forrester passed it him, could have been Wazer actually, passed it him up the line, and he just watched it go out to play? Their yeah. defender stuck that, and rather than sticking his foot out, knocking it past the defender and running, or at least putting a bit of effort in, he just stood down and watched it, and he literally was one yard away from him, and he watched it. Did nothing. Yeah, no, I remember. It just, yeah, it just isn't, it, it's just not good enough, is it? That's the thing. Um, I honestly think that we're him that He's the sort of player that kind of needs a position. He's the sort of player that I think needs looking after in terms of he he doesn't he's a winger. He's and that is what he is. Like don't don't try and shoehorn him in as a wing back or a striker or Kind of inside forward, what we felt like we've been playing these last couple of weeks. He's a he's an old fashioned winger, and we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna help help that when we're not playing them properly. Um, so we've got to take some of the some some of the stick for Gavin Massey. But the one thing I've said for weeks is, you run around a lot. Vale fans will love you, and he's done that for two weeks. He got us. Standing out, uh, standing ovation two games in a row. Yeah, coming off the pitch. And I gave that, him a standing ovation two games in a row. Yeah, and that's it. But that's all you need to do. But then to revert to tight against Charlton, and he's not the only one that, that that didn't see him at Hosh. So it's not just a Gavin Massey hate on because I don't think any of the front three did. And then that was our, that was our big issue behind the front three. I don't think you can label any of them that they weren't trying. Benning had a bad game, but that wasn't that wasn't because he wasn't trying. Donnelly had a bad game. That's not because he wasn't trying. The front three at stages hindered us more than helped us. And Massey was a big part of that. It's a three. It's it just basics weren't there. There was one time in the first half where I remember a good bit of interplay with him and he looked like he was going to burst into the box but kind of jogged and then Michael Hector just bullied him out of the way. Look, 
Michael Hector's a fucking good centre-half. Yeah. It's no shame being bullied by Michael Hector. Probably shouldn't have been on the pitch for the second half. Yeah, definitely shouldn't have been on the pitch for the second half, but, you know. But, yeah, I just think that... Just show show that effort and desire and you, you'd be fine, but we didn't get that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And if Massey has got a two-year contract, I've got a position for him next year. The fucking transfer list. Andy? Gavin Massey. Can I can I plead the fifth on this one? I, I, I yeah, I struggle to see what he did. Um particularly, you know, given that he's perked up a little bit in the last couple of weeks, it was disappointing to see him revert to type. Um his best games for us have generally been at wing back when nominally at wing back when he's had no real defensive duties and he's just been told to get down the line and, and basically play like a winger um, our system doesn't really give him the chance to do that a great deal and I can I can understand the argument that if you're signing a winger and you're sort of shoehorning him in the formation that we have then, then he's, he's not going to shine but I'm, I just can't warm to the guy unfortunately um, really disappointed by about after about 10, 15 minutes I was looking at how we were playing thinking can we can we sub him off, can we get another midfielder in, in, and um, get another body in the midfield and, and just go to, in the, to a front two but um, no, when, when I saw we made a double sub I thought oh great, ok, half time Massey's coming off and no, he was still on there and he, he stayed on there right until the bitter end so hey ho if it's another year then um, gives us something to talk about, doesn't it? Mm. It's another year. Ugh. It's another year. I want his agent because I can get a two-year contract if he's got another year. Sure of it. Maybe, maybe the new manager will, will work it out. Maybe he'll. It's a puzzle. Just needs working out. Maybe we'll play four-four-two. Four-four, fucking two. Are we having Mike Bassett. Why not? <laughs> Why not, indeed. Uh, moving on then, Andy, everyone knows I love him, big Jamie Prox, so what was going on yesterday? I don't know, I, he just struggled to affect the game in any way, the only couple of things I really noticed were, you know, he's a bit of a spat, didn't he, he got into a bit of a bit of nonsense with um, which one of the centre-halves it was, I can't remember, Hector. was it Hector? Yeah. Right, yeah, so we just sort of dancing for um, a good while and then they both managed to push each other neither one really wanted to stand down uh, that was a bit daft and then I think um, a few minutes later Hector commits a foul I don't think it was necessarily a bookable offence but Proctor was screaming at the ref trying to get him sent off uh, apart from that he didn't seem to just affect the game in any way did he? was um, a bookable offence for me and the ref shit out alright fair enough then I, I looked and thought it wasn't quite enough to Get another card out. My argument as a referee, and this is what you're taught as a referee, is is he bad enough for the first yellow? And if the answer's yes, then it's bad enough for a second yellow. There's no. no, oh, it's not worth a second yellow, that isn't. If it's worth the first yellow, it's worth the second. We've seen plenty of times that not happen, though, haven't we? Agree, agree. But laws of the game, and I do think some refs subconscious, maybe even consciously, do go... Ooh, am I going to send him off for that? 
And that isn't the mindset you should have. The mindset is, is it worth a yellow card? But I agree with you, Andy. A lot of refs won't give a second yellow for it. But they should. Especially not, especially not at the Valley. Yeah. With their noisy fans. All 15,000 of them. 15 noisy fans. That's what I said. <laughs> but yeah, is, is that it? Have you done on Proctor, Andy? Yeah, I... Struggle to find anything else to say about him. He just seemed to just sort of hiding's a, a strong word, but he just seemed to sort of blend in, really. Well, he did. He blended in on the left fucking wing, which when you're playing a four-three-three, you can't have your centre forward on the left wing all the time. Johnny, I'm probably stealing your thunder. Jamie Proctor. No, it's a criticism I've had of Proctor for a while, even when we we're doing well last season. So this isn't new. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's like. And I apologise, there's a couple of people that have said that I've, I've ruined Tom Conlon for them when mentioning the left foot thing. This is the same for me with Jamie Proctor. For a, stri- a striker, he doesn't really play play up front. Um, he, what really frustrated me yesterday was there was a couple of opportunities where, like I say, Stoney was clipping it into that gap. He came, and instead of tucking it, like like you'd expect, and, and taking it into his body and getting twatted and getting a foul, maybe. He he just tried to flick it on and keep the ball moving. Now, that's all well and good if the person you've got next to you is James Wilson and is going to be able to take that. But when you're flicking it on to Gavin Massey, who wasn't close to you, or Butterworth, who spent more time moaning and arguing with Andy Crosby, Throughout the game than doing his job, that that's not going to help you. So he's got to take a bit of responsibility on there and go. Do you know what? Tuck it in, take a twatting up your arse, get a free kick, rebuild. Let us let us play for a bit of a, a, a bit of possession sort of thing and and get us further up the pitch. And it's it's not it's not brilliant to watch, but you, you've you've got to you've got to play to what you've got. And when we're missing our two best strikers and playing our fourth fourth choice one, realistically. Um you've you've got to you've got to play with the cards dealt with you. Um I think it was a, a four for Proctor. I didn't I didn't enjoy watching it. I thought it was a struggle and there was just there was just a lot more he could bring to the table that he decided not not decided, that's that that's wrong of me. Um, but that that just didn't didn't come off, and who knows what reason? But probably the last time we see Jamie Proctor in a veil shirt, potentially the last time that you, we see him in the football league. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's so frustrating, and I just I don't really know what you can what what we what we could have done differently. And how bad Alice Harrison's injury actually was, seeing as he was there, because I'd much prefer to see Proctor against Plymouth, knowing that we were safe, um, than saving our, our Alice Harrison for the Plymouth game and hoping ho- hoping that something happens there. Do you know what I mean? And it's just yeah, it's just a hard watch. Yeah, I, I love Proctor. Everyone knows I do. I think, and yes, John, you're right, last season you did say a lot about him being on the left wing, etc. And 
it's obvious to see. I think you can get away with it a bit more when you're playing the front two, because hopefully your other strike partner is in and around the box and in the middle. And one thing you'll never not proc for is work rate, and that's work rate. He's trying to help his teammates out. He's out there. But when you're playing a 4-3-3 and you're the central striker, you need to be in that middle. Because there's times where he was out wide, and there was times where he was out wide, he won the ball, held on to it, and played it into Funzo. Great job. Brilliant. Funzo looks up, there's nobody there. Because Proctor's out wide, and he wasn't busting a gut to get back in the middle either. No, and that's and probably that... because he's knackered because of all the work he's done out wide. But as your focal centre striker, if you're playing a 4-3-3, play the width of the box. I don't really want to see you outside the width of the box. And, and as well, that, that's, that, that's where proper wingers come into it. Because in that in that sort of position, what what you what you get with a proper winger is that, that they go right. Okay, Proctor's gone out there. I'll go tuck in his gap, and you've got some. We've got something get, or I'll get close enough to him that when when he does something, he's giving it me, and then he's he's moving central. But yeah, I think that's that that is the issue that again Butterworth isn't a, isn't a natural winger in that sort of. Well, I don't know where his best position really is, but yeah, Butworth isn't isn't that sort of player, and Massey just wasn't showing it. He was more interested in swapping shirts at the end of the game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm moving on to him, Johnny. The last one of the eleven, Dan Butterworth. Yeah, like I said, he he was remonstrating with Crosby quite a bit. Don't know what he was moaning about because. If he moved, he'd help himself more than more than anything. Um, he just he annoys me because in the second half he made an absolutely fantastic run, got the ball right down the left, right down our left, cut in the penalty area, got into the middle, and got a shot off. And it's like, do that more. Why aren't you doing that more often? And it's easy to say, but. You'd ex- you you know they'd be able to do that a couple of times a game, like not necessarily get all the way into the penalty area, but get down the line and win a corner or two, or win a throw in, or or just alleviate a bit of pressure off us. But he just didn't do it. First half he was diabolical. Second half he was he was a little bit better, um, and it's a three. I just thought he was he was so so bad first half. It hurt. Andy, their commentary were really. Um... Um, what's the word? Um, they were really impressed by him. They were really complimentary of him. Uh, they reckoned he was one of our best players, and they were surprised when he got subbed for Politic. Um, I didn't think he he was that good, but yeah, I, I remember. I think that that moment where he, he did drift inside and he just finds that sort of little space, just sort of between their midfield and their their back four. That's probably. His best position. If, if you're going to play him, in if you're going to name the team that we named, then you'd want him as you know. You want a three-four-one-two and not a three-four-three, and you'd want him in the hole because that is where he, he would probably get most joy. And on the left, I don't think it, it does him any good being there. So yeah, like like Johnny said, he's just. He, Struggled and he's not a winger. I, th- I think that's 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 the main thing we need to say about him is that he isn't a winger. I'm not surprised that he 
he, he didn't do particularly well at left wing. Um, and he's, he's another player where we struggle to shoe on him into the formation that we try to play. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree with everything you've said there, and he's not a winger, and he does perform better behind the front two in that little pocket of space, and when he drifted in, that's where he looked most dangerous. I think you're slightly harsh with the three, Johnny, because Gavin Massey was a three, and he wasn't Gavin Massey bad. It was probably a four, five to push, because he did try, he got on the ball, and tried to create stuff, he did try and beat men, and as you say, the one time he got inside, and he was trying, which was more than Massey, so he deserves more marks than Massey. And he has got the ability, but as you say, he doesn't fit the 3-4-3. He doesn't fit the 3-5-2, or 5-3-2, however you want to look at it. Yeah, for, for me, I can't get past the first half, mate. And when watching him argue with Crosby for five minutes and throwing his arms around, kind of... It, 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 it went back to when Popey used to do it. But Popey had got a 33-goal season behind his belt. So you kind of go... Tom, okay, you've got a point. But for a lad that's done nothing to, to, to be doing it, it's it's a hard take. Um, and may, maybe that he was just animated and the conversation was quite nice, you know what I mean? But from the outside looking in, it looked like a prima donna sort of, I'm better than this, what's going on? Mm. I never noticed it, to be fair. Yeah, I, See, this is the thing. I, I I spend I spend more time not watching the actual football now. Now we started doing this and yeah, starting little little stupid stuff going on, and then irritating myself by watching it. Yeah, I like you do that. There's two more players that played 45 minutes, Andy. I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't picked a man of the match, and neither of you. I don't know if you just haven't got one, or you just haven't got two yet. Because my man of the match, come on at half time, James Plant. Um, I forgot I had to pick one, to be honest. Um, there's absolutely nobody stood out. Planty could, he might as well have it. Um, he's, he's, he's a bright spark, isn't he? He's injected something into the team which we haven't had, which is a bit of youthfulness, a bit of, um. A winger that can beat a man. Yeah, there's that, isn't there? And, um, just, just a bit of. <laughs> what's the word a lack of fear you know he comes on and he doesn't after his debut against Oxford where he looked like maybe nerves got the better of him he's come on and he's improved game on game you know he's gone from strength to strength and he just seems to not be phased by it all he's he's gone out and he's expressed expressed himself which I don't think we really either have a system that really allows too many players to do that or the players don't seem to want to. And, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he, he broke to him for, from the corner for the goal. I mean, the keeper hasn't really covered himself in glory there, but you, you take what you, you get. You know, he's a good bit of opportunism by the lad. Um, I'm just delighted to see a, a young player break through, and I hope this is um, the start of something for him. Yeah, I'm with you. Johnny, young James Plant. Yeah, um it's refreshing. Um, he seems to have come on in five games, developed physically as well. When he came on, when he first came back from Salisbury, was it Oxford? Um, I was quite worried. He looked like a kid. He looked like he lost. And I'm pretty certain if we looked at his possession stats, 
he passed more to an Oxford player than he did to a Vale player that game. He's then, against Ipswich, put in a fantastic performance. And you, you thought, is this the same person? And he's then he's carried that on. Against Charlton, he comes on, takes his goal well. Um, he's... He, I'm not, I, I assume he's right-footed, but looks pretty comfortable on both, which is which is nice. It's, it's not something that we've had the pleasure of seeing quite a lot of ale. Um I don't know. Tom Conlon uses both feet well. Now, now, don't be nasty. Tom Tom's done all right the last couple of games since since, since he sorted himself out. Yes, but yeah, like plenty plenty is just a breath of fresh air. My worry, and we'll we'll touch on this more on the retained list. Um, one is that he's he's a kid still, so we can't put too many eggs in one basket. And people will fl- throw at me the whole "you don't win anything with kids" thing. People will throw at me crew being so successful in what they've done in terms of boarding kids through and selling them for money. And if if they didn't start four or five eighteen year olds in their squads, then that would never happen. I get that, but We've we've never had that luxury. Like Smithy came through as a, as a young lad, went out on loan to a non to a national league club, not a fifth step club, and then no five steps below the league. Sorry, well below our league club, um, and and come back. So that's that's my worry. I think he still needs a bit of experience in the men's game. And I don't know if we we will be in the position to be able to afford him that enough next season to help his development. Um, I hope to be wrong. I'd love to see him stay flourish and nail down a position. But it, it's just a concern at the minute with me. But his performance against Charlton, if you would have if you would have asked to point out the kids, you wouldn't have pointed them out. In, in any other reason other than the fact that he, he his face facially looks like a child. Because his performance was a proper man's performance. Yeah, yeah, it was quality for me. In the right position for the goal, first professional goal, congratulations, James, on that. Um, ran at his man. His work rate was unbelievable, forward and back. Um, got down the line, put some good quality in the box, where I think an Alice Harrison would be thriving on some of that, the quality that he oh, put in the box. Uh, yes, second half, he, he whipped in an absolute beauty of a ball, didn't he? Yeah, and what did I say to you to last year about him? He can get to the byline and put some quality in the box, and that was last year playing for the youth team as a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, and that and, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? Now we, we we we've got to be careful with him, him and Tommy, but we've also got to maybe gamble with them pair. Yeah, and decide what decide what's best for for us and for for them as well, and. The, the the future hopefully looks bright because there's a couple of younger lads as well that are, that have had good breakthroughs through seasons. And hopefully the academy is going to start producing a couple more, and we're looking at a self sufficient way that way of salon fees. There's there's been Premier League club scouting plenty, so I think we've done a real job there of um of nailing him down for a contract. Yeah. I think that um, Ipswich away, that goal-saving tackle he did, seemed to just sort of flick a switch almost, and I think it felt like he, he grew 
from that point onwards. Um, there was a lot of eyebrows raised when he made his first start away at Ipswich, but um, he, he did a really good job that night. I remember seeing him play away at Salford in the Youth Cup last season as well, and yeah, I think I think everyone's going to have doubts because he, he was he was only small, and I think he might be a late developer in terms of his physique. Um, but he scored two penalties that night, and the Salford crowd, the kids in the behind the goal, were giving it to him, and he was giving as good as he got. Uh, even when he missed a pen, he just picked himself up and scored the rebound. And yeah, he seems like a good kid, and no pressure on him. Just just see how he goes on. You know, next season, I don't think he'll be in week in week out. I think we've got to use him correctly and just see how it goes. Yeah, I, I for me. If we're playing a front three next season, and we don't know, we actually don't know who the manager is, and that's where Blanty fits. Blanty fits on the right of a front three as a winger, where he can get at his fullback, beat his man, get some quality in the box, cut inside, get some shots in. I have no issue if James Blanty is our starter there next season. As long as he's got competition, and there's someone else there to push him, and someone else that, when he has a bad game, because he will, he's a 17-year-old kid, he isn't 18 yet. He's a 17-year-old kid. He'll have some bad games. We can't keep too much pressure on him and expect him to carry the team. But I think he can certainly be an important cog in the wheel. And I think I've got no issue if next season, opening day, when we're away at... Who are we going to be away at opening day? Blackpool. Away at Blackpool, opening day. Plant his name in that starting eleven. No issue with that at all. And his performances. For me, if he's good enough in pre-season and in training, which the manager will know, he's in that first 11. Doesn't matter about his age for me. And that's how I feel about Wazza with a new contract as well. But uh, So both ends of the spectrum. And the last sub, Johnny, that played 45 minutes. Did you give plenty of rating? Because I know Matty will want one Matty Goodwin with him being on for 45 minutes. Yeah, seven for plenty. Eight for me, man of the match. Um, Matty Taylor also come on at half-time. Yeah, I thought Taylor was busy. Um, he, he's a nuisance. Uh, he puts himself about and took his penalty well. Um, I do think he needs a player next to him. Um, and it, it's frustrating that we we did we didn't start him next to Proctor. But yeah, overall decent. Um, and hopefully, well, ho- hopefully we 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 see him in a two in the last game against Plymouth and and, and try him. Create a bit of bit of something there. Yeah. And for those wondering why he hasn't been starting, maybe just maybe it's something to do with a blow-up doll. Yeah, well, that, hasn't got a clue what I'm referencing. Go and have a look at the Oxford forums. Yeah, that's the reason he got bombed out at Oxford, though. That shouldn't have any effect on him being here. No, I know, I'm joking. It's probably more libelous the way you've said it than the actual story is. People will think that he's been up to no good. <laughs> well... For those that don't know the story, the rumour has it, and I think it's pretty much been confirmed, he was binned out of Oxford for putting a blow-up doll in the manager's office. And there's more story behind it, but go and find out. Andy Matty Taylor yesterday. Uh, I've got nothing to add, really. Um, Took his penalty well. Um, Busy. He's that sort of player. At least, you know, he's... Attitude's never really been an issue. You know, you, you look at lone players and think, do they really want to be here? And he's always sort of buzzed around. And, and I, I just think he's that sort of striker, isn't he? He just he he wants his goals, and he's just sort of driven by um, 
just wanting to get on the score sheet, really. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And maybe, and I don't know this to be true or not, maybe he hasn't been starting because he's not in the plans now. Clark's gone for next season, I don't know. Who knows? But I'm sure we'll find that out when the retain list comes out. So, it finished 3-2 to Charlton, but they'll secure League One safety thanks to MK Dons throwing away a 4-1 lead, and Barnsley pulling it back to 4-4. Always love Barnsley, haven't we, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. Done us a favour, because the last thing we need is, is going into next week going, Christ, the unthinkable could happen. Yeah, well... That 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 would that would have been sorted midweek, anyway. Maybe, maybe not. Why yeah, are we relying on Burton to beat Cambridge? Yeah, Burton will beat Cambridge. It's fine. Burton have got a massive say, haven't they, in the relegation battle? Yeah, massive say. Is it Cambridge and MK Dons they've got? Yeah. So that, that's what I've, I've said. I said to Steph, I said, roll over midweek, let Cambridge beat you, and then go and smash MK Dons, send them down. Yeah, I'd be happy with that. And just going yes. back to the point you made, um, you know, there's <laughs> nobody wants to be sweating on Plymouth uh, at home on the last day. Nobody wants to be checking the phones for scores and everything. We can go and relax that, and that's great. There's maybe one or two that, <laughs> dare I say, they, they deserve to sweat on that result a little bit. And maybe they haven't covered themselves in glory since uh, the January transfer window. But... But I'll leave that for a Thursday. Leave that for a Thursday. But yeah, it, it got to that point yesterday, didn't it, Johnny, where when Charlton are 2-1 up and then 3-1 up, we're checking the phones and going, bloody hell, they're all going against us. Because at that point they were, and I was getting a bit nervous at that point. I was never nervous. That, that was the thing. I was like, I was I was confident enough that there, that there wasn't enough things that could have gone tits up that would have sent us down, but... You don't want to go into the Plymouth game. Them needing the win for the, for the title and and whatnot. Do you know, like best case scenario for us now is we we draw Ipswich win the title and they stay off the pitch and don't cause havoc. But it, it it's Sunday sun, Sunday's going to be Sunday's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it is. It is, and we'll cover that on Thursday. On a Thursday pod. But that's yeah. pretty much it. The Vale loss secured League One safety. Away season is now wrapped up with one game left of the season. Big, big summer ahead, which we'll cover on Thursday. Brought to you by avtimings.com. Get yourself over there and have a look at any races lined up. Keep your eye out for any new ones that might come out. Get yourself down to Johnny's Micro Pub up and down today for a game of fives and threes. Johnny, you'll be glad to know. Oh, cool. Did, did, you, did you win? I didn't actually, I lost today. Oh, disgrace. But we did arrange on the buzz with uh, Amos doesn't know how to play fives and threes. Um, Gadge is on there and he does. And a few others were interested. So we're going to arrange, close season, a night at Johnny's to play fives and threes. Are you in? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to play? Well, you learn. You can... Watch and then learn and play. I've asked Johnny, right. we can have the upstairs room, so we can have Ale and Vale in the upstairs room, set of dominoes, a crib board, teaching people how to play fives and threes. How's that sound? Yeah, let's go for it. Why not? 
go for it. Five and, and talking about pre-season, Andy, we've got a night out on the 19th of May, thanks to Paralysis... How do you pronounce it? Paralysis. Paralysis Escape Room. There's me, you, Johnny, Tom and Steve going out for a night out at Paralysis. Yeah, um, great. I, I genuinely don't. I've never done an escape room, um, so I'm sort of looking forward to that aspect of it. But the, it's the um, it's supposed to be quite scary, isn't it? These specialise apparently in scary escape rooms. So it's not just your normal escape room. There's going to be some scares there too, which I know Mr. Amos is really looking forward to. Because I always thought an escape room would be like sort of something off the crystal maze. Yeah, and, and they yeah. are generally. It's, so this is going to have some horror thrown in, apparently. This is just going to have people jumping out of cupboards and things, isn't it? And sort of, I don't know. I don't know, because I love horror films, as you Lots all know. jump scare things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went to film review very quick. I went to see Evil Dead this week. Lovely. Very, very good. The original one, or? No, there's a new one out. A new is it? Yeah, a new one came out on Friday when I watched it this week. Fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Is it still that Bruce fella doing him, or um, no. Is it not, no? So he knocked it on the head. I, I say no, I don't know because I've never watched any of the others. But I watched this one on its own, and it's very, very good. Definitely worth a watch. So get yourselves out, watch that. If you're travelling to the airport or anywhere, go to Andy's Taxis. Have we done yeah, a ref thing yet? Oh no, refs watch. I, I'd had a drink. I can't really remember. What I remember, he was poor. He shit out of the red card, which was poor. He seemed to be having a laughing joke with the Charlton players a lot during the game. Which, do you know what? If a ref's having a laughing joke with both sets of players, I've got no issue with that because it's good man management. When it's all one-sided, it says to me, you're a biased bastard. And it was all one-sided. There was one point where the ball went out for a throw-in inside or defending off, and the ref and linesman hadn't got a clue. Now, I can forgive that because there is times where it happens, where it ricochets and you haven't got a clue. But what you always do is you go... But defending side, and Johnny, and I've said it on this podcast, you've heard me shout before on a pitch, not a clue, so I'm going for the defending side, it's that way. You'll always give it defending side, because if you give it attacking side and they score from it, you may have just set up a goal inadvertently. You'll always go defensive side, and players can't moan at you then for going, oh, you're wrong, ref, because you've gone, look, I don't know, so I'm not saying I'm right, but... Not sure, ricocheted off two plays at the same time. Defensive side, I'm going that way. Thought the ref was poor, four out of ten. It was nowhere near speedy bad. So does he need to go and get his glasses fixed? He might need to go get his glasses fixed, Johnny. Yeah, he might do. And that's and, and if you need your glasses fixing, it's head over to repair-glasses.co.uk and they'll, they'll do your same-day repairs on all makes of glasses and sunglasses. Yeah, they will. There we go. And that pretty much wraps it up. Any final thoughts, Andy? Um, Just the only final thought I've really got, I mean, is just I've seen people say it was a game of two halves and I don't really agree with that. Other than we were absolutely terrible in the first half and we were slightly less terrible in the second half, but it's not exactly night and day the performances were they. So I don't quite agree with that, but... I'm just glad the season's nearly over, really. Um, no away win since Forest Green on New Year's Day. Um, fairly rarely looked like winning an away game. Um, just 
<sighs> we just need to get to the summer, stagger to the summer and rebuild, regroup and do whatever we need to do. And hopefully we can, um, we don't take any of this form into next season. Yeah. Johnny, final thoughts? Yeah, just let, let's, let, let's hope it's not a cricket score against Plymouth. Yeah. Let's yeah. stop them winning the title. No one wants to see another team left the title on their own patch, do they? We did it last season, didn't we? And they had that, behind the away end, they had that um, plinth, didn't they? Champions. Yeah. And you could see it. They'll probably have another one of them somewhere hidden around the ground. So we need to stop that from being built, don't we? Yeah. Definitely. And that's us. We'll be back on Thursday. Um, Until then, have a good week. Enjoy yourselves. Have an ale. And up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah. There we go. So order McDelivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.